Shalom to all. Today's office Baba Kamad of Samachalaf, and we are starting about a third of the way into the Amud with the brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lilu Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basab, Yaakov, Maisha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah, and Lilu Nishmas, Rabbi Yasef Yantav, and Rabbi Asher Anshal, his Nishama should have an Aliyah. And the Mishnah discusses a person lighting a fire in his property. And Avra Gedder, Shugavaya Dalad Amas, the fire jumped a fence that was four Amas tall. Adar Harabim, or jumped a Rishasarabim, Ainahar, or jumped a river. Putter, he's putter for that damage. That's something that's far beyond his control, and he's not chai for any damage that it does. Ask Gmar Vatan, you even Bryce that says, Over Gather Shugavaya Arba Amas, Chayev, that if it jumped the fence that's four Amas tall, he's Chayev. So our Papa, Papa answers, Tanya Didon, Kachashimamalamata. Our Tanya is making calculation from above to below. Sheish Amas, Putter. Chamesh Amas, Putter. Ad Arba Amas, Putter. If it jumped the fence that was six Amas or five Amas, he's Putter. And up until four Amas, meaning Ad Ad Bechlal, up until and including four Amas, he's still Putter for that. Whereas Tana Brother, other Tano, Milmatel Malak Chashiv. He's calculating from below to above. Shte Amois Chayev. Shalash Amois Chayev. If it jumped a fence of two or three Amois, he'd be Chayev for that. Ad Arba Amois Chayev. And if the fence is anything up until and not including four Amois, he's Chayev for that. But four Amois, he's Potter. So there's no contradiction. I think we're going to use Amor Ravrava says, Dalad Amois Sha'amru de Potter, Afilbus de Kaitzim. This four Amois that we said that he's Potter, if it jumps a fence of four Amois, that's even if there's a field of thorns on the other side, and thorns are extremely flammable and attract fires, still he's Potter when his fire jumps. Jumps a fence of four amos. However, Amar Papa Papa says, it has to be that the fence is four amos above the thorns. So let's say, for example, the thorns are two amos tall, his fence would have to be six amos tall in order for him to be putter. Now Amar Ravrav says, this is only talking about a kailachas fire, which is a fire that goes straight up. And generally, such fires like this don't travel any distances, they're just going up in a column. And therefore, if he's putter, if it jumps a fence of four amos. But if it's an echfefes type of fire, even if it Jumps a span of a hundred amas and damages something on the other side. Chayv is chayv for that. Now, what's an echvavas fire? So it comes from a lashon of kafuf, which means bent over, and it's either bent over because of the wind, meaning the wind is blowing the fire. Or it's a low-laying fire that crawls across the ground, catching onto shrubs and little thorns and whatnot that are there. And according to both of these explanations, such a fire will travel great distances, even though there's a big empty span in the middle, and therefore you would be chayev for this fire damaging, even if it jumped a fence or even if it jumped a very wide span. However, Shmuel Shmuel says Masisim Nechvefes. Amrish is talking about Nechvefes fire. but if it's a Kailachas fire, Afil Kalshu Potter. Even if it jumps a very small area or a very short fence, he would be Potter because it's not common for a Kailachas type of fire to do. This. And Tanya Kavas Rav, we have a brass just like Rav. The brass says, by Madhra Murum, when it was a said, Bekailachas, Avobin Echfefes, but if it's an Echfefes fire, Veitz Mitsuinla, and there's wood over there for it to consume, Afiluan Mea Mil, Chayev. Even if it goes a distance of 100 mil, he's Chayev for that. And the brass continues, Avernar, if the fire crosses a river, a Shlulis or Shlulis, which we'll discuss soon what that is, Shemer Chavim Chas Amas, which are eight Amas wide, Potter, he's Potter for that. I continue to explain the mission, we said, Derech Harabim, if it goes across a Derech Harabim, a public path, Mantano, who's this Tano? Amarav, Rava says, Rebelezer, he's that 16 Amos is the width of Rosh Rabim, and if it jumps such a span, that's far beyond his control, and he's not chai for that. I'll explain the last part of the Mishnah, if it jumps a river, he's also Pater. Now, Rav Amar Rav says, we're actually referring to a real river. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, talking about an irrigation ditch, which we've had previously in the Gemara, was one Amma by one Amma. It doesn't have to be that it actually jumped a river. Even just his regular irrigation canal should be enough to stop the fire, and if the fire jumped across it, 
it, that's beyond his control, and he's not high for that. Who says we're actually talking about a real river, that would be, even if it doesn't have water in it, still the span itself is wide enough that technically it should prevent the fire. And according to Shmuel, that we're talking about an irrigation canal, it's only if it has water in it, then it has the ability to stop the fire from jumping over. But if it doesn't have water in it, so then it doesn't have the ability to stop the fire, and he would be chayev. And now we talk about this word shlugles that we just had previously. We have a mission over there, the following things will create a division in a field in regards to peya. And if this thing is in a field, then it's actually considered like two fields, and each one is chayev in its own peya. Hanachal, which either means a stream, or like a deep ravine, or rift. Vehashlulis, and a shlulis. V'derech hayochad, v'derech and a private or public pathway. Now, my shlulis, what is the shlulis? So, Amar Vihidom Shmuel, he explains, this is a place where rainwater gathers there, meaning it's some sort of dip in the land that all the rainwater runs into. Whereas Rabbi Amar Vihachanon, Rabbi says, B'Shem Rabbi Yechanon, Amas Hamayim, is referring to just a regular irrigation canal. And why is it called a shlulis? Because it distributes spoils to its banks. When you draw water from this irrigation canal and water things nearby, so that's considered like the spoils or the bounty, if you will, of this irrigation canal. And that's why it's called Shlulis. According to Yehuda, who says that a Shlulis is a place in the field where the rainwater gathers, of course he would say that an Amas Hamayim is considered a division for Peah. But according to the Manda Amar, that a Shlulis is an Amas Hamayim, he would say, that a place in the field, a depression in the ground where the rainwater gathers, that's not something that would be considered a Hefzik for Peah. Why is that? These are called the bowls of the land. And since it's considered to be part of the land, because it's literally called the bowl of the land, so that's not considered a hefsik for peah. And on to another mission, I continue to talk about Eish. Hamadik Pesach Shalai, a person who lights a fire within his own property, Ad up until how much is the fire going to travel? Meaning, what's the standard distance that a fire travels that he has to ensure to keep that distance from all neighboring properties and people that they don't get damaged by his fire? So, he says, we view him as if he's in the middle of a base core, and a base core is about 275 by 275 Amis, and that means that he needs to leave at least 135 amas empty in all directions from where he's lighting his fire. Whereas Rebbe Lezer Amir, Rebbe says, Tessayin amas k'tach v'shosarabim, all he has to do is leave 16 amas like the width of a shosarabim. Whereas Rebbe Kiva, Rebbe Kiva says, Chamishim amas, 50 amas. And Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe Shimon says, the Pasuk tells us, Shalom yishalom amavis ha'ba'era, the one who lit the fire shall surely pay. Hakol afiyad leka, everything has to do with the fire itself, and there is no specific number. The Gemara right away asks on Rebbe Shimon, Vlesla Rebbe Shimon, Shir Rebbe we have a mission that says, A person ought to place an oven in his house, unless there's dalad amas above the oven, and that's to make sure that the ceiling doesn't catch on fire. And this could be referring to where this person has a neighbor upstairs, as we're telling him that he has to be careful where he places his oven in his house, because we don't want him to light the neighbor's apartment on fire. Let's say he's putting it in the upper floor. He's the guy that lives in the second floor. He's only going to put this oven down if underneath it, there's a floor. Literally, maziva means there's plaster, which is three tefachim thick, and that's going to prevent the heat from burning the floor. And Bakir, when we're talking about a stove, which produces less heat, tefach, there only has to be a floor, a tefach thick. However, if it does end up damaging, he has to pay for the damage. Now, Reb Shimon says, These shirim were given only to tell us that if it damages and he kept to these shirim, he's pater from paying. So we see that Reb Shimon does hold of a shear when it comes to fire prevention. So Reb Nachman or Rav Arvua, HaKal holds that everything has to do with the height of the fire. I Meaning, Rav is not saying that there is no such a thing as a shear for fire. He just means it really depends on how tall the fire is, how jumpy it is, if it's going to move, if it's not going to move, and based off of that, we're able to set a shear per fire. But there isn't one shear that's applicable to all fires. And 
Amr of Yosef, Amr of Yehud, Amr Shmuel, Halachak Rav Shimon, Halachak Rav Shimon, and Rechen Rav Nachman, Amr Shmuel, Halachak Rav Shimon, Halachak Rav Shimon. And continue on, and we've had parts of this Mishnah previously. Hamadik has a Gadish Vahyu by Kalim Vidalko. Some a little pile of grain on fire, and there were Kalim inside, and those Kalim burned as well. Now, obviously, we're talking about Ruvain lighting Shimon's pile on fire. So Rav Yehud, Amr of Yehud says, Mishal Masha Besaychai, he has to pay for those Kalim that were inside. And this is because, as we've learned previously, Rav Yehud is Machayiv Taman Be'esh, that even though there's something hidden in the fire, you have to pay for that thing. He only has to pay for this pile, whether it was wheat or barley, but not for the things that were inside, because as we learned previously, the Chamim Pater Taman Be'esh. Now let's say, There was a Gdi, a goat, tied to this pile, and there was an Evid standing near it, and the Evid got burnt with this fire. The person's Chayv to pay for burning this thing on fire, because he's not Chayv for killing the Evid, the Evid should have ran away. However, Evid Kafazloi Gdi Samachloi, if the Evid was tied to the pile, and the Gdi was near the pile, and the Gdi was burnt along with it, Potter, he's Potter for paying for everything. That's because he's Chayv Misa for killing the Eved. And we know, he gets the stricter the two punishments. Therefore, he doesn't have to pay for what was burned. Now, that if a person lights a bira, which is either a tower or a house on fire, that he does have to pay for everything that's inside, and it's not considered Tamun, because it's normal for people to put things in their houses, and therefore, he's Chayv for everything that was in the house. He's only Potter on Tamun Be'esh, according to the Chamim. If we're talking about it's abnormal to be placed inside this pile, inside this gadish. But if we're talking about a house that obviously has a whole bunch of stuff in it, he's high for burning the house and everything inside. But now the Gemara clarifies the Mishnah. Amar Avkana Avkana says, The whole in the beginning of the Mishnah, if he's high for Kalim that were in this pile, is only if he lit a fire inside his property and it traveled beyond his property and lit his friend's pile on fire. It's in that case, Rabbi Huda says he's high for Tom and Beish, and the Rabbanon say that he's Potter. But if he literally went into his friend's property and lit his pile on fire, or maybe lit a fire right next to his pile, and then it caught on, everyone would agree, meaning even the Chum would agree to Rabbi Huda that he would have to pay for everything that's inside, because that's called Hezek Be'odayim. Now, Amr Rav, Rav asked him, that's really so, instead of teaching at the end of the Mishnah, that the Chum agreed to Rabbi Huda, that when he lights a house on fire, he has to pay for everything inside, because it's normal for people to put things in their home, Live like the listening but the duh. Why don't we make this differentiation in the first case of the Mishnah itself and not have to talk about a different scenario? We should just say, when do we have a smachlikes in the first case of the Mishnah? That's when he lit a fire in his property and then it traveled into his friend's property and it lit something on fire over there. But if he lit a fire in his friend's property, everyone would agree, even the Chum would agree, Rabbi Yehuda, they would have to pay for everything that's inside. And the Mishnah doesn't say that. So El Amarava, rather, Rav explains differently. There's two machlokes in between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chamim. Pligi b'madu b'sach shaloi v'halcha v'alcha b'sach shachaveroi. First, they have his machlokes regarding lighting a fire in his property and it going and consuming in his friend's property. Rabbi Yehuda machayev atomin be'esh. Rabbi Yehuda savri loy machayev. Rabbi Yehuda says he's chayev for things that were hidden in the fire, and the Rabbanon say that he's potter. And upligi nami b'madu b'sach shachaveroi. They also argue if he lit the fire in his friend's property. Rabbi Yehuda savri. Rabbi Yehuda holds mishal komash b'sachai. He has to pay for everything that's inside this pile. Vafilu arniki. Even if there was a wallet inside there, which is very rare to hide inside a stack of grain, still he would have to pay for that. For Abundance, however, they're abundant hold. Kalim Shadarkul Hatun Bagadesh, Kigan my Regan Uclay Bakar, Kalim that are normal to be inside a pile. For example, my Regan, which are Kalim that are used for threshing and clay bakar. These are all the different things that we need for the cattle for plowing and things like that. Hudimashalam, that's what he has to pay for. And we're getting that from the end of the Mishnah, where the Chum say that if a person lights a house on fire, he has to pay for everything that's in the house because it's normal to put things in a house. So too, when these things that were in the Gadesh were normal to be there, it's regular to put them there. So 
he's high for those things. But things that are not normal to place in a Gadish, he doesn't have to pay for it. I think we're going to use the Brisa that further explains this Machlaik is Rabbi Huda and the Chamim. Tanarabon, we have a Brisa, Hamalik is a Gadish, a person lit a pile on fire, and there were Kalim inside, and they burned as well. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says, Mashalim Komasha, he has to pay for everything that's inside. He only has to pay for a pile of wheat or barley. But we view this place where the kalim were as if it was filled with grain, and he would have to pay for that as well. And that's if he lit the fire in his property, but then it went and traveled into his friend's property and lit his friend's goddess on fire. But if he lit in his friend's property, he has to pay for everything that's inside because that's Hezek now, why do Rabbi Yudah Chachamim b'Mashal Malkam Lachaver Lahagdish Gadish? Rabbi Yudah agrees with Chachamim. If a person lent a space in his field to his friend to pile up some grain, the Hagdish, and he piled up grain, the Hitman, but then he hid something inside that pile. Shein Mashalim Eld Megadish Bavad. The owner of the fire only has to pay for the pile and not for what's inside, because he only accepted Shmira for the pile, not for the things that are inside. And furthermore, let's say Reuven gave Shimon permission Lahagdish Chitin to pile up wheat, the Hagdish Sairin, and he piled up barley instead, and that's what was burned, or he gave him permission. Sairin for barley, the Higdish Chitin, and he piled up wheat. And continuing with this case, that he had permission to put barley there. What did he put instead? Chitin, he put wheat, the Chitin, but he covered them with a layer of barley, making it look like it's a big pile of barley. Or Sairin, he put barley there, the Chitin, and he covered them with wheat, making it look like this entire pile was wheat. In all these scenarios, Rabbi Huda agrees that he only pays for Sairin for barley. That's because either in the first case, that's what was there, it was barley, and even though he had permission for wheat, Lamaise, the guy put barley there, and that's what was burned. And all the subsequent cases, when he only had permission for barley, it's his fault if he put something else there besides barley, and therefore, the owner of the fire is only chayev for barley and not for anything else. Now, we're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow with a similar case, nothing to do with fire, but having to do with it, a person takes upon himself shmir for one thing, he doesn't have to watch it in regards to something else. But for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.